Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Dear Christians, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's what Christ promises in our gospel lesson for today. You, yes, you, will have tribulation. You'll face great afflictions, trials, distress, and suffering. It means that your endurance, patience, and faith will be tested. Jesus promises that very reality with his own words in our gospel lesson for today. Now I know that the promise of tribulation isn't normally what you think about Jesus promising to you, is it? Sure, we like to think about Jesus promising us forgiveness, and he does. We like to think about Jesus promising his presence at all times, in all places. And he's with us, to be sure. We expect Jesus to promise to rescue us, to love us, to be our friend, and he is, and he does. So why in the world does he promise tribulation in our gospel lesson for today? We don't want him to promise us tribulation because we don't like tribulation. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to face difficulty. But the world is sinful. And Jesus is speaking the truth about what we will face when he promises that our eyes will see tribulation. That's why he says it. In this world, you will have tribulation. And you have, haven't you? You've seen tribulation firsthand. Cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Not one family in our congregation hasn't been affected by those things. Tribulation of our world. COVID-19, the flu, heart attacks, car wrecks, more tribulation. Marriages falling apart. And why wouldn't they fall apart when our world and society has adopted its own definition of what marriage is, contrary to what God teaches? Why wouldn't marriages fail when 
pornography and sexual escapades are more and more accepted in our world. Tribulation that causes lives to no longer have value in our world, despite what we say. Lives can be aborted shortly after they've begun. And lives can be legally, medically ended before they should be over. And all the time in between, where people who are lucky to be alive are living their lives, well, the value of life still is not that high. Countless people brought across the borders of our own nation and sold for terrible, terrible, terrible acts to be committed. <clears throat> Tribulation. Sin's effect on our life. And the tribulation that Jesus speaks of can be much more personal than those things, can't it? Our own families are in disarray and chaos, aren't they? Pulled multiple directions at the same time. On top of that, we don't like our jobs, do we? And we don't have enough money to make ends meet let alone to support the preaching of God's word among us. Parents become disappointed in their children. Children are disappointed in their parents. And it leads to children not listening to their parents and parents being unwilling to be parents to their children. And the most important task in all of this family business, teaching God's word becomes lost. Families stop coming to church. And that all is sin. So we try to make sense of what's going on around us, to bring it back under our control, or so we think. We do so feebly. One of the things we try to do is gossiping and deriding the people who are around us, all in an attempt to make us feel better about our own situation. If we can point out the error in someone else or their own misfortunes or hear about them on TV, it takes the focus off our own struggles, suffering, and tribulation, at least for a little while. We use God's name wrongly against people, hurting their reputation in our gossip. We use God's name wrongly, cursing and swearing at people rather than blessing. 
and its sin. Our sin. Sin we commit. Sin we deal with. Sin we struggle through. In this world, you have tribulation. The words of Christ are true. Every day, moment by moment, we have tribulation. We suffer. We struggle. We feel anxiety. But our Lord's words do not stop. When he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. He keeps on speaking. He adds more to the promise. He says, take heart. For I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And all of its tribulation, all of its suffering, all of its sin, Jesus has overcome the world by taking our problems into his own flesh, bearing them to the cross, killing them forever as his own precious blood pours out on your behalf. By the cross... Jesus overcomes the world. By the cross, your sin is forgiven. By the cross, the empty tomb, he promises you eternal life. In Jesus, You now have forgiveness, peace, and mercy in such abundant lavishness that St. Paul is able to write, our present suffering isn't worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in Christ Jesus. Your sin is paid for, forgiven, washed away. Yes, washed away. God gives us his grace. We just witnessed it in the waters of holy baptism. God bestowed his work of overcoming the world through Jesus crucified and risen upon a cute little baby, adopting her into his family, bestowing his righteousness upon her. God has done the same for you in your baptism. It's not just a past act that you can look at in the rearview mirror. You are baptized now, today. And your sins are forgiven as a result. The Holy Spirit has been poured out upon you and continues to be poured out upon you right here through the preaching of the Word. 
God's Word is attached to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit calls you, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies you into the Christian church. The Word is all about what we do here in church. That's why we sing the hymns that we do. It's why we read the scriptures the way we do. To bring you God's Word. To forgive your sin. God gives that grace to you also by allowing you to eat the very body and blood of the crucified and resurrected Lord Jesus Christ to feed your faith, to give you life and salvation. In this world you will have tribulation but take heart. Christ has overcome the world for you. He's defeated the world for you. He's overcome broken families, gossip, sexual misconduct, disease, sickness, and all the rest for you. For your care. For your forgiveness. Wait a minute, Pastor. Why do I still suffer then? Why does tribulation still affect me? Shouldn't everything be rainbows and unicorns now that we belong to Christ? No. In this world, you will have tribulation. All the days of your earthly life. But take heart. That suffering does not negate Christ's promise for you. That tribulation cannot overcome the grace God bestows to you. And as you, day by day, moment by moment, deal with tribulation, God has also given you another gift. One that we as Christians probably don't use as much as we should. Jesus speaks about it in our gospel lesson. The gift of prayer. A gift given so that every day, every moment, as we go about our lives, we can talk directly to God, telling Jesus about our tribulation, laying all of our issues and sins and struggles at the feet of Christ. Jesus begs us to pray. He does it in our gospel lesson. Ask and you will receive. The people of our Old Testament lesson in the wilderness with the fiery serpents go to Moses and say, pray to the Lord that he may take away these fiery serpents. And the Lord does. St. Paul 
The very first words of our epistle lesson says, I urge you that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for people all over. We as Christians are free to pray, encouraged to pray, begged to pray, to tell God about our suffering, our struggles, our weaknesses, and our joys. We modern Christians don't know how to pray as we ought. Neither did the disciples. They asked Jesus, teach us to pray. It's as if they had never read the Psalms, a book of prayers. When you face trial, God teaches you to pray in Psalm 27. When evildoers assail me, though an army encamp against me, I will not fear, for the Lord will hide me in his shelter. When others gossip about you, Psalm 26 teaches us to pray. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness. When we experience joys in the midst of our tribulation, God teaches us to pray. Psalm 91, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. And in the darkest depths of depression and sorrow, God teaches us to pray. Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry unto you, O Lord. God teaches the Christian to pray. And all of these prayers, our Lord Jesus Christ sums up with the greatest prayer of all. So beautifully simple, covering all tribulation. The Lord's Prayer, in which we ask God everything we could ever need to ask Him. In this world, we face tribulation. Christ has overcome the world and set us free to talk directly to God with the voice of faith, with our prayers, so that we might hold God to his promises even as we face tribulation. Yes, in this world there is tribulation. Yes, Christ has overcome the world. And he pours out his word upon you. To teach you how to talk to him. So that his gifts might ever come to you. Not as a result of what you say to God, 
not as a result of your work to pray, and it is work, but as a result of what he's done for you in Jesus. That's how the world is overcome. Christ crucified and resurrected. That's where your hope is. That's God's good news for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory.